Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And this show, we're in our happy place. There will be joy, positivity, and goodness because our main focus will be on Houston's two favorite basketball teams. And there's a little good news for the Astros fans as well. Joining me in my good mood is my co-host, regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and longtime journalist, Stephen Curran. Stephen, how much fun are you having following the Houston chip on their shoulders i mean rockets <laughs> james who <laughs> that's that was kind of my first thought when the rockets started uh, mounting this six game winning streak is uh, james who because <laughs> ever since the james harden trade the rockets have been a totally different team and and this was what i was hoping for robert and i think you were too and I, we may have discussed it that you know now that this distraction is out of the way and now that the rockets are, are actually getting a starting lineup that they can trot out consistently. Uh, what is it? Three games in a row. I think that Steven Silas has had the exact same starting lineup when the game begins. So, you know, that mixed in with the fact that as this team starts playing together longer, they should get better. And, and that's why I, I just couldn't give up on the Rockets when they were so far below 500. If they could just get some momentum going get this James Harden distraction out of the way. And then you know, hopefully as the season goes along, I mean, there, there are going to be injuries and there are going to be things that come up, but just be as consistent as possible with your lineup. Oh, and by the way, did I mention they're playing defense too? Oh yeah. We're going to get to that. And in just a bit, but don't get used to the lineups being the same. Cause we're <laughs> got a couple of games coming up back to back and right. Right. One, one of those games, John Wall's not going to play. The other one, I assume Oladipo's not going to play. So with those guys coming off major injuries, I, I guess that's going to be the situation whenever they have back-to-backs. But you said it. I want to delve into the defense. But before I get to that, I'll be honest. Just a few days ago, I was getting a little frustrated with how stagnant the offense looked. Too many ISOs, too much one-on-one, not enough ball movement or player movement. But just as one would hope, Stephen, with a new offense and a new team, that's changing and even quicker then even the ultimate optimist might expect their three-point shots all of a sudden are falling. But it's funny, Stephen, how that happens in basketball when the ball starts moving more. Well, and how many times did we say that last year, Robert, when we criticized the team for standing around so much ISO and and just those things that, you know, they they weren't taking advantage of opportunities. And, you know, the the three-point shot, you're going to live and die by it. I mean, the fact that they scored... 48 points in a quarter in back-to-back games. You know, that that's certainly not going to happen consistently. But but what you say is absolutely true. When when you take good shots, when they're falling, and just that, that whole ball movement, you know, and, and we saw that at the beginning of the season in spurts, and we still are seeing the energy that guys like uh, Jayshon Tate and, and some of these other players are bringing to the team. That is really what is most exciting me about this Rockets team as well as the fact that they are starting to win. That certainly helps. Just a few stats for you because they're getting good, the stats. Even with you know Harden playing half the games, the Rockets are now eighth in point differential in the NBA, which is usually a good stat to tell you how good your team is, uh, more so than maybe wins because you know how are you winning, which way are you winning, that's something that uh, depends on what's what's going on with other teams. But the defensive stats, we we talked about defense, you talked about it, 
I mean, that's something everybody's talking about with the Rockets. They're number two in defensive rating. Since the Harden trade, they're the best defensive team in the NBA. Number two in blocks, number four opponent three-point percentage, number six in field goal percentage, opponents field goal percentage. And Stephen, offensively, they want to move the ball up and down the court as fast as possible. It's big to have pace. And Steven Silas talks about that nonstop. They're number four now in pace, and they're number nine in true shooting percentage, which is a really good, you know, to give you an idea of, of how good they are offensively is that true shooting percentage. Yeah, the true shooting percentage, that's the number that really jumps out at me because I think that's ultimately what's going to get you through, especially when you get into the postseason and you start getting deep into games. And I just like the fact that they are driving to the hoop more, and we've talked about the ball movement. You know, and a lot of those stats that you quoted, Robert, especially from the defensive side of the ball, the Rockets were near the bottom in those categories before the James Harden trade. And Victor Oladipo, you know, he's he's been a good defensive player before, and I think he's one of the main reasons that you're starting to see the Rockets play better defense since he has come to the team. Yes, he was an all NBA defensive team guy a few years ago. You don't know where he is with his knee at this point, but he's getting back to that form slowly. And it's just a lot of it. It's James Harden's gone. I mean, that's just be honest because the way he would play defense, Stephen, it just, I felt like he just kind of brought the whole team down energy wise. If one guy is not pulling his weight, is that, is that fair? Oh, it's absolutely fair. And I think some of the players, you know, have alluded to it, even uh, albeit subtly, that I I just feel you could almost feel a collective sigh of relief, I think, Robert, among the players when the trade was made. You know, not a whole lot's been said about it, but I, I just think that, you know, when you have a big weight lifted from your shoulders, you can relax and you can really start playing with the kind of energy and and flow that you're seeing with this Rockets team. But I also think a lot of it is, you know, with any new offensive scheme, I mean, it's not totally different from Mike D'Antoni's offense, but there are some some differences with Steven Silas. And I think you're starting to see the players get it. And, and Silas is starting to implement some of the things that made him successful when he oversaw the offense with the Mavericks. I got a couple things on a guy that we like to call Christian Wood, who just happens to be pretty darn awesome. Thank you very much. This is a list of the players averaging at least 23 points and 10 rebounds in the NBA this year. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, and Christian Wood. Those are the four guys of that group. Only Embiid and Christian Wood average 39% from three. He's now up to 39%. Christian Wood is the only guy in that entire group I just mentioned who also averages more than one and a half blocks per game. And Stephen, I hate to bring this up, but should we already start talking about max extensions for Christian Wood? Does he need to be in the conversation for max extension? already? It's only two years and five months away before uh, yeah. his, his contract's <laughs> over with. <laughs> I, I know. And, and, you know, I'm usually one that's pretty conservative, you know, to say that one year, good year doesn't make you a, a great player for life. But it, it's hard not to look at that, Robert. And we've been singing Christian Woods praises, I think, even before he stepped on the court for the first time for the Rockets. And now we can see why, you know, this is a guy that just can do so many different things. And the three point shooting is big. 
I mean, the, he he has both the tangible and intangible things that I, I don't think – I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. I think you and I have talked about it probably more than anything else, just some of the many things that Christian Wood is doing to help this Rockets team. Well, I, I know Rockets fans are talking about it. I, there's – I hear stuff around the NBA a little bit. Uh, Shaq, I think, finally learned how to say his name, or maybe he's still working on that. But if you believe in the PER rankings, P-E-R, the MIT geeks love it. I I couldn't explain (laughs) it to you if my life depended on it, but it's a pretty good way of assessing players and where they are in the NBA. Christian Wood is ranked number 13th right now. James Harden is number 22 Steph Curry's number 24. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for Christian Wood. That's pretty darn good. And I'll take that any day and just continue to do that. And that that's one of the reasons I think this Rockets team is going to move forward. And I thought DeMarcus Cousins, you know, popping some threes too. You know, he, he's been known to do that every once in a while. At least he's, I think, becoming a little more consistent than he was at the beginning of the season. So, you know, if Boogie can get going, and Christian Wood keeps up the pace, and all these other guys. I, I just I have a lot of optimism for this Rockets team. Now, how deep could they go in the postseason? Well, I don't know, but we're not there yet, so we just need to enjoy it. As you said, Robert, we, we need all the joy and positivity we could get, in the, at least right now the Rockets are bringing that. Okay, you just brought up something that was my next thing, and, and really it's it's a real interesting thing to think about because – how far can they go in the postseason? If you've looked at Rockets Twitter over the last few weeks, they've been ready to trade just about everybody. Oladipo, John Wall, Eric Gordon, Ben McLemore, definitely P.J. Tucker. Nobody can be dealt fast enough for a diehard Rocket fan more than P.J. Tucker, although the players are coming out and saying, wait a second, he's pretty darn important to what we're doing. Steven, I understand the reasoning behind most of this conversation, but while I get the logic... There's a tendency in sports these days to always look at the championship, the title, the ring. Some say, what does it matter if you get rid of these players this year? You can't win at all. In other words, in sports these days, being good doesn't matter. Only being the best does. Where are you on that? Well, I think if that's always been the mentality, Robert. I think you're just seeing it more. You know, social media has, has, has become the way to to just let everything out. I mean, I think ultimately that's what anybody is graded by. I, I tend to, I, you know, I used to be when, when I was younger, I hate to say that, but it used to be all about winning for me. I mean, it, it just, that nothing else mattered. And unfortunately with, with it being a business, that that's ultimately what matters too. But look, you can only have one champion and the Rockets are not the Lakers at this point. Let's just be honest about that. I, you know, they've already proven that now, granted, when they played the Lakers in that two-game series, they weren't where they are now. But I still think even with these guys, it it just may not be enough to win that championship. But I, I mean, you're going to trade all these guys that you just got? Really? For what? More draft choices? Okay, well, fine. You can go rebuild through the draft, but then what? So, yeah, I, I think, as usual, I, I just think Twitter is, is always going overboard. I, I try not to pay too much attention to what's said on Twitter because it's it's just mainly you know emotional ranting and you got to really take a look at it from an objective point of view. Yeah, and the other thing is you're you're not you just said it you're not getting a high first round pick for any of these guys and that's really I think where the conversation 
is is going to move next is you know how do you get that great guy and let me just let me throw this out there for you and throw away whether just being really good in sports matters instead let's find out how you can be that legit contender for the championship that everybody wants and to, in today's NBA it's impossible to win without that one guy the teams that have him this year didn't bottom out they made themselves into a destination or they are a city people wanted to go to. For example, the Lakers with LeBron, the Clippers with Kawhi, the Nets with Durant. Once those unicorns committed to them, other championship pieces followed. Now, if you want to include Giannis in the conversation, we got to remember, Stephen, that he was drafted with the 15th pick, not in the top three. That's right. Nikola, Nikola Jokic, he was drafted in the second round. Maybe you think the Jazz are contenders. Gobert was drafted at 27. Donovan Mitchell at 13 it's not as easy as going hey let's just get into the top three or five because most of these teams that are competing for the championship they didn't get the guy in the top three or five they got him in some other way obviously lebron was a number one pick but Kawhi wasn't let's remember that he was drafted after the rockets picked and number 14 i think yeah, he, he certainly was. And, you know, with the, the Spurs and, and all those things you just mentioned, Robert, when you're talking about teams like, well, the, you know, the Spurs for the longest time were so good at developing players in the either the lower rounds and some of the international players panned out. You know, what, what the Rockets have based their success on are the trades and free agent signings, not through the draft and, and trying to get the big guys. Now, you know, we're, you're talking about you know, getting maybe trading players and, and things like that. One one thing that Raphael Stone has intimated is that, you know, he's he's kind of like Daryl Morey. He's not always, he's not going to sit on his hands. He's always looking to see how they can make the team better. So I do think, you know, especially with the trade deadline, I think you could see some more moves with the Rockets. I, I don't think they're going to stand pat by any means with Raphael Stone now in place. The other thing is you see people say, well, we don't need this guy or that guy because we're 12 deep now because of Mason Jones. And, you know, you've got Ben McLemore who's barely playing when everybody's healthy. But, you know, we've said this over and over again, and I just can't say it enough. Look at this year. Uh, if, for example, somebody can't play on a given night, and that's going to happen all the time, whether it's COVID, whether it's you've got a bunch of guys that are coming off injuries, you need to be at least 12 deep in today's NBA and this year's NBA for sure. And the other part about that, Stephen, is think about this. You get to the playoffs. What if LeBron gets COVID? What if he misses a few games? What if they lose a series? To me, this championship this year, we don't know what's going to happen. This is like Russian roulette once you get into the playoffs. Well, it certainly is. And we felt that way, I think, last year, you know, when the bubble started and the playoffs came. I mean, you just don't know. You you cannot live looking several weeks, months, even days down the road. I mean, you see the the, the many players in the NHL now that uh, are having COVID and college basketball programs putting on pause. And even the NBA, I mean, they've they've done pretty well, but but even the NBA has had some games postponed throughout this season because of COVID because of those issues. So you put that in there with the normal circumstances of injuries and different things that happen. This is a year that could possibly, you know, something or, or a team could sneak up on you like the Rockets. So I, I don't think you can just throw in the towel and say, well, 
If they're not the Lakers, they're probably not going to win it because it's a long season, even though it's 10 games shorter than it usually is. It's a long season just for the sake of the, that, you know, with COVID, you don't know from one day to the next if you're even going to play a game. I could just gush about everybody on this team at this point. Is there anybody else you want to gush about before we move to our next topic? Well, I just want to say, you, you mentioned the Rockets bench, and that, that's another reason that they're playing so well is the bench is starting to score more. You know, you, you talk about going 12 deep. Well, you know, pro- when you get to the postseason, that, that's probably not going to happen. But, yeah, a lot of these guys that are, you've mentioned are coming off the bench and doing their part so that when the starters are out, you don't really lose a lot of that consistency. I, I just think, you know, and the, the Rockets at least have been addressing it to some point. The key to them continuing this consistency is they've got to get off to better starts. I mean, that is an absolute must. And, you know, at least in these last couple games, they've been doing that for the most part. So if they can continue to just get off to better starts and not have to roar back with these comebacks, yeah, that, the Rockets bench, better defense. We we just have a lot to look forward to, I think, with this Rockets team. If I look around the NBA, I love the Rockets bench compared to a lot of the so-called contenders, Milwaukee's bench looks terrible. Boston's bench is, eh, it's a little bit iffy. It's a little bit wonky. Denver's bench outside of Michael Porter isn't as good as it was last year when they got to the conference finals. Utah, the reason why they are so good is their bench is maybe better than it's been in a long time. Jordan Clarkson is, is a huge key to that, but they've added Derek Favors. So if you look around the NBA, I, you know, I would put the Rockets probably in, in, in maybe top three, top five benches in all of basketball. You, Eric Gordon is playing incredible, like you mentioned. Boogie Cousins is a, is a good guy on a particular night. Not every night, but some nights he's looked really, really good. And then David Nwaba, and if it's Sterling Brown, I mean, there's so many guys that can come, come up with like that double-digit game. They've got a lot. Mason Jones not playing. And he's, what, 60-something percent from three-point range at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that alone shows he hasn't played much. You need, you need a bigger sample size for him. But, yeah, I, I just think – and like I said, I, this roster I don't think is going to be the same by the time you get to the postseason. I mean, who knows what moves the Rockets could make between now and then to bolster themselves even more. But to say, that, you know, where they are right now as opposed to where they were, gosh, even – a couple of weeks ago is just such a stark difference. Daniel House was a starter last year. He's on the bench now, Steve. That's he, right. He can That's score right. 15 or 20. Easy. Yeah, and, and he is actually starting to, you know, since he's come back, is it, starting to kind of find his feet a little bit. So, you know, if he can get going, that's going to make the bench even stronger. All right, another team. Let's talk about the Houston Cougars. I, I said this is happy and positive. They're 15 and 1. Number five in the nation. They're ranked four in the net ratings, which is basically the power rankings. They're crushing people in their last six games. Their average win margin, 21 points. After their game Sunday, they rank first in the nation in both offensive rebound percentage and defensive efficiency. Oh, my goodness. Let's keep going. One Quick, amazing stat. Prior to the first few minutes of the SMU game this past Sunday, Stephen, they had gone 189 minutes without trailing in a game. Man, that's I I don't care what level, I I don't care what conference you're in. You know, it may not be a Power 5 conference. I don't even care what level of division you're in. If it's Division 1, Division 2, Division 3, 
that is astounding. And when you think about, you know, how they lost Fabian White, Dejan Giroux, and, and some other guys, you know, the, the fact is, and, and then you had the COVID pause this season where they could have easily just totally lost their momentum. They came back and it, it looked like they didn't miss a beat. And again, I think they're doing this with a team mentality. Yeah, Marcus Sasser has looked really, really good, and and a couple other guys have come through. But you know, this is another kind of a next man up team when I when I think about this Cougar squad. And w- what's great about this, Robert, is if they can keep this up, they're going to get a much higher seed. You know, they they could certainly get a number one seed, number two, when you come to NCAA tournament time which could certainly, and of course, you know, I say this cautiously because it is the NCAA tournament (laughs) and upsets do happen, but it could at least help them get through the earlier rounds and get deep into the postseason, and then you never know what happens. There is no question this team has an identity. Rebound, defense, defense, rebound, and you mentioned the guys that they lost. Caleb Mills was a guy that, you know, you thought, Oh, he's so important this year. He's all conference preseason guy. I mean, he he was a guy that you were just penciling in there. He's gone. And then Fabian White, their best big man. We don't talk about it much, but they lost him before the season. But Justin Gorham leads the nation in offensive rebounds. He's had at least 10 rebounds in eight straight games. Steven, the last Houston Cougar to get nine straight games with at least 10 rebounds was somebody named and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, his name is Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, oh, no, no, Hakeem Olajuwon. Olajuwon. Yes. Yeah, how about that? Well, you know, this whole Cougars run is starting to remind you of the five slamma jamma. I, I mean, these guys that are on the court right now, they, they may not have the, the same hype as five slamma jamma, but you got to remember it. I mean, it's early in the game. You know, they, this team is not two, three years deep into something like this. But man, is it great to see, you know, especially because I, I just, I since I, I grew up in Houston, I no longer live there, Robert, but U of H was my team. I mean, that was the school I wanted to go to. I ended up not. I went somewhere else. But I, I just, I, I've always felt like U of H has, has always been kind of the, the stepchild and, and for good reason, you know, for, for many years. And it's just good to see that, you know, regardless of whether they're in a power five division or not, you know, the AAC, they're doing what they're doing for a reason. And, you know, think about this, Robert, you've got Baylor at number two, you've got Houston at number five. And of course, I I don't know where Texas is going to be after they lost to Baylor, but you've had the Longhorns in the top 10, man, it's great to see all these Texas teams doing so well in the top 25. Don't know if you saw this, but UH almost was able to set up a game with number one Gonzaga. There was a quick turnaround with scheduling issues. I did see that. It was going to be this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that almost happened. And, you know, there were some cool nicknames for many of the players on the current, or, or I'm sorry, there isn't any cool nicknames for any of the players on the current Houston Cougars team, uh, as far as I know. But what I was going to say is, you know, you had Akeem the Dream, Clyde the Glide, when you mentioned the old five slamma jamma teams. But Steven... Maybe instead of five slam and jamma, can we call these guys Lambda Crusher your team you're on or something like that? You know, it was like yeah. Yeah. something, you know, and I was just thinking while you were talking and that, you know, nicknames have just gone by the board so much these days. We we don't I don't think we treasure them as much as we used to. But I, I tell you what, this team keeps playing the way it is. 
we are going to have to come up with some kind of a nickname for this team. And I don't know. It's probably one of those things like, you know, great uh, play-by-play calls in sports. If you think about it too much, you probably mess it up. It's just something that has to come out of thin air. But, man, this team, if, if any team deserves a nickname the way they keep playing, it's the U of H basketball team for sure. Yeah, we got to work on that. We, we we did our best with baseball nicknames. Yeah, and I don't think we any did. Of them, I don't know if any of them uh, exactly caught on. But I, you know, some other cool news. You mentioned Five Slam and Jampa. This weekend, UH made the announcement that they're now selling Five Slam and Jamma gear. They're going to be at the Vertita Center at the U of H bookstore by tomorrow, Thursday. They'll be at Academy, other retailers. You can also get them online, of course. So uh, that's something that's long overdue. I can't believe that's just something happening now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess in a way that's true. But in another way, you know, the Cougars have been kind of up and down over the years. But uh, yeah, as long as it's been, it, it's kind of like, wow, what what took them so long? Of course, back then, you know, merchandise was was certainly a thing, but it's really a thing now. And so if, if there was ever a time to cash in on something like that, it would certainly be now. More good news uh, for Houston as we move to another team. The Astros, they're going to have fans at Minute Maid this year, at least 12,000, around 25% of capacity. Yeah, that was a great announcement, too. And, and you just, again, you hope that you can keep this in place and at least have some fans. Uh, you know, they're going to try for the 20 to 25% range, which would be about 10 to 12,000. I mean, it, 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 you know, be almost feel empty in Minute Maid Park compared to what you could put in it. But any fans is better than no fans at all. And not only that, but they're also going to try to do that uh, at, at spring training. They're going to at least allow some fans to come in to uh, the uh, spring training facilities. So, yeah, that that's one thing you, you sure want to see, Robert, is you know that things will, will start to at least try to get back to normal if you can at least have some fans in the stands. Little note, I noticed that former Sugarland Skeeters manager Pete Incavilla, he's the new manager of the Astros single-A affiliate, the Tri-City Valley Cats. And, you know, the Astros made a signing, speaking of the minor leagues this week. Some guy, uh, Souza, like, was that the musician, John Philip Souza? John Philip Souza. No, he's he's not doing any 18-12 uh, overtures or anything. His name is, is actually Stephen Souza. So, yeah, I kind of got a namesake there. Uh, he's an outfielder and, uh, that he was, uh, I think he, he played for the Rays. I know James Click has some familiarity with him. Uh, he's been with several teams over the years. Not a name that is going to jump out at you. I, again, I, I think it's another way to fill out the 40-man roster as far as outfielders are concerned because the Astros, boy, thank goodness they re-signed Michael Brantley because they are still thin at the outfield position you know, you, you're probably going to be going with Miles Straw as your center fielder to replace George Springer. Not sure how I feel about that, but that's that's the way it is for now. So Steven Souza is another name along with, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, they signed another minor league guy, uh, you know, minor league deal with Jose uh, Siri. So you have Siri and Souza or Souza and Siri. You could probably come up with some cool nicknames for, for that if they were, you know, a great outfield tandem, but I don't know if we have that to look forward to, but that is at least a, another move that the Astros made this past week. Yeah, just a minor league contract. Uh, they're not expecting much from this guy, but it just it gives them the depth going into spring training, I guess. He's somebody that has never put up anything remarkable as far as his numbers are concerned. It's not going to change likely because he's 31 years old, but uh, important to note. And, and, you know, Stephen, you and I haven't spoken since the Hall of Fame voting. 
Nobody got in this year. Is that a bad thing? I always think it's a bad thing, but I don't know. You know, this whole baseball Hall of Fame thing has, has never made sense to me. How with with all the great players this game has had, you know, in its entire history, you can go back at least a hundred and something years. How do you how do you go with a year that you have absolutely no one? And of course, you know, part of it is being clouded now with the PEDs. You know, some guys that could have probably gotten in aren't getting in just for that reason. Um, I know we keep hoping, if you're an Astros fan, that Billy Wagner can get in. He's getting there, but he's not quite there yet. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because there are there are still deserving players that should be getting in that aren't. And when you go for a year with absolutely no one, you you can't come up with one player. I, I don't get that. Billy Wagner, he's got to get in. He, he he upped his percentage to forty six percent this year. If you compare him to Trevor Hoffman, though, four hundred twenty two saves and four hundred ninety one chances, eighty six percent. Hoffman, 601 saves, 677 chances, 89%. So he's he's real close to Trevor Hoffman, but Wagner's ERA, 2.31. Hoffman's ERA, 2.87. I mean, he was more dominant for sure. I, I would have been more scared of going up against Billy Wagner in his heyday. He had a better whip. You can say that he didn't have Hoffman's innings or anybody's innings in the Hall of Fame, and I guess maybe that's an argument for some, but... His workload will be the norm for relievers moving forward because they just don't have as much workload as they used to have. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I just, you know, there there are always just some guys that you look at and go, man, most of their numbers are better, you know, but why are they not in the Hall of Fame? And, And Billy Wagner is one of those guys and you just keep rooting. I mean, he's inching up there every year, but he's still got a ways to go before you could realistically say, hey, he's got a shot to get in. The other Astro, I guess we've got to call him an Astro for his uh, couple of years in Houston, is, is Roger Clemens. Do you think this is just a veterans committee thing and he gets in a few years into the veterans committee or once he gets into that? Because that, it seems like that's the only way it's going to happen at this point. That, that They don't seem to want to let any of those guys in. And, I, you know, I know there's this thought, well, they didn't really start cheating until later in their career, but when they really got their numbers and it's like, who knows when they started? I mean, we don't know anything about any of this stuff. Well, and that's the problem, Robert. And and I think the other problem is like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens has been very cavalier about this whole thing. You know, I mean, do we really know if he took them? You know, it it hasn't been totally proven, but I, I think we can, we can assume that he must have by the way he's acted about the whole thing and tried to dodge around different things. I think a lot of it is as much the attitude of people like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Pete Rose, who have, have just you know stood up, dug their heels in, and said, I'm not admitting to anything. And if you're going to do that, you know, you better be darn sure you didn't do it because that is going to, I think, be as much against you as what you did in the first place. We didn't try to talk about anything with the Texans in this one. We get, we gave you a break. Like we said, we're, we keep this on the positive side. But if you want your Texans mess and what's going on, make sure and listen to our last podcast from Monday with the Chronicles' Steph Stradley. Take your antidepressant meds before you cue it up, though, Stephen. I think that's the safe thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid if you're gonna if if we're gonna be talking about the Texans at least for a while, um, yeah, have something handy to to get you through. 
And I do want to mention one more thing, Robert, that uh, popped up that I saw this morning, and it's a positive thing. If we're going to if we're about to end this podcast, we started it on a great note. Let's end on a good note. I did notice that Jim Nance, our very own, Houston's very own Jim Nance, is going to be receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award for the Houston Sports Awards that are going to be coming up, uh, I believe, in April, as we talked about in our uh, po- couple podcasts before this. So, you know, great guy. I mean, couldn't happen to a better guy. I had the chance to interview Jim once. Oh, gosh, I think it was 30-plus years ago. Um, and it just such a classy guy. And of course, you know, his history speaks for itself with uh, starting out at the University of Houston, you know, big golfer. He roomed with Fred Couples and he started out at KTRH and went to uh, Utah and then got into television and the rest is history. So big congratulations to Jim Nance for winning that award. Very well deserved. He gets a lot of hate from people that I talk to as far as his NFL broadcasting, the NFL games. Um, I, I, I don't I didn't get that feeling when he was doing college basketball or, you know, his golf coverage, but I don't get it. I I think he's somebody that in in a, in a sports world where it's hard to find voices that don't annoy you. I I, I like to hear Jim Nance, Stephen. I do too. And I just feel like Jim Nance is steady. He's consistent, you know, and I, yeah, he's maybe he's a no frills kind of guy, but the guy has so much knowledge and it's just his presence, I think, is 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 what makes him so big. And, uh, you know, it's awfully hard to do all sports A1 100% well. But, yeah, I love – I mean, I'm a big golfer, a golf fan anyway. I love listening to Jim Nance do golf. And I think he – I'd say golf and college basketball are his two best sports. But I, I just – you know, what an all-around nice guy. And it's just – he is so versatile – and his longevity, you know, in a business like that, you have the kind of longevity that Jim Nance has, you're doing something. And man, with every national person just crapping on Houston nonstop, it seems like over the last couple of years, over the last few years, whether it's James Harden or what what's happened with the Astros or whatever, it's nice to have a Jim Nance that he gives the positive side. He tells you what's good that's going on in Houston sports. Him and Jeff Van Gundy are like having you know, our two national cheerleaders in, 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 a, in a vast array of, of awful as far as Houston goes. Well, I tell you what, that's great because we need all the people on our side we can get as far as creating at least some kind of positive vibe in, in a negative Houston world right now. So, But it's not surprising. As I said, Jim Nance such a class guy. Just a reminder that we'd love your feedback. So if you've got any feedback for us, suggestions, questions, topics, you can Always message us through Twitter, Facebook, or email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net, info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. I see people get mad at me occasionally on Twitter about a, a take without having ever listened to the podcast. I mean, the, the, you need a little nuance for some of the things that I say and, you know, to say, oh, he all he does is these hot takes. Well, any of you listen to this, it's not, I'm not Mr. Hot Take, really. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's not hot takes if you listen to the podcast. When you've had time to prepare and think about it, it's a hot take just because you see it on Twitter and you just immediately react to it. Well, otherwise, uh, just uh, as always, stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us 
Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.